broadcasting live out of the city of Chicago, a great city, uh, no matter what you hear on the news. And uh, it, it's just another day, another day of news, another day of Donald Trump, another day of just awfulness. Uh, but we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it because I love this country. I love the city. And I want to try to be a part of trying to make things a lot better everywhere in the world. Uh, you know, because this show is heard heard all over the world. I've had people call in from every part of the world, you know, praising the show, saying things about the show, uh, how the show could be improved, you know, stuff like that. Stuff like uh, keep it up, keep up the good work, George, or, or thank you for what you do, George. But it, it's not what I do. It's not what uh, the uh, what I do. It's what you do. It's what you can do. And we can all vote blue. We can get this, get these people out of uh, the uh, White House because there was one uh, paper said that Trump has made Washington the shithole of America. I think he's made America the shithole of the United States, and he keeps on he keeps on just being so ridiculous. Trump has become a monumental joke. He's a joke. He talks out of his ass. He wants to make being a criminal legal. I mean, if you if you go back to some of his videos and you can and interviews, you can surmise that he's saying this when he's talking about Robert Mueller, Jeff Sessions, uh, criticizing a lot of these kinds of people, uh, uh, and, and Robert Mueller, James Comey, for just doing their jobs. Trump has been obstructing justice right out in the open, and Mueller knows this. As I've said before, there are six investigations going on right now, right at this very moment on this particular during this particular show, six investigations. So Trump has to worry about more than just Mueller because either one of these investigations can end his presidency. It's six of them. And we're going to have a, a litany of them uh, later on in the show. Six investigations going on right now, uh, including Bob Mueller, uh, that can take Trump out. So I don't know why he's always focusing on James Comey and the Russia uh, collusion thing and the 20 uh, and meddling in the 2016 election, which he has been in, implicated in twice, maybe more. So why is this guy allowed to pick any appointments anywhere for anybody? He shouldn't even be allowed to do uh, executive orders. He shouldn't have any power until these investigations of him are done. Like if this was a Democrat, this is what the Republicans would be doing. But the Republicans are just as complicit. They're just as thuggish. They're so afraid of this goon, this idiot, this unhinged monster that we have in the White House that it's, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, it's a great day in the city of Chicago. It's gray, it's dull, it's raining, and I. But it's beautiful. But it's nice. It's muggy. It's hot. It's it's uh, disgusting. I heard one young lady say that it's the weather here is so hot and muggy, and it's been like this for days. Um, she said it was disgusting. I don't know the weather people, the meteorologists, the. 
they said yesterday that today was going to be a cooling off period from all the other days that were 90 and above. It's going to be cooling off. No, 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 no. This is just as rough as all the other days. I see uh, these guys and girls sometimes on some of the weather forecasters on television. I mean, you got some of these women. I mean, some of them are just as beautiful and just as gorgeous as, as they can be telling the weather or, or think they know what they're talking about. You're paying more attention to the women than you are <laughs> what they're trying to say about the uh, weather because they look so beautiful and they're sexy, but you know, it, it takes your mind off the weather. But when you have to work out here every day and you have to come out outside every day, you want to know, you want to know what the weather's going to be because you want to know how to dress and present yourself, especially if you have to be working outdoors. And a lot of these guys and girls, no matter how cute and handsome they are, telling the weather, forecasting the weather, if they get it wrong, you know, they look like they have mud on their face. But they try to get over it. Anyway, it, it's, it's beautiful out, but it's not cool like they actually forecast it to be yesterday for today. Um, but anyway, it's a great day. It's a great time. It's a beautiful I know a lot of people are pissed off because they were expecting it to be cooler. Uh, so I guess they're going to have to take that up with the uh, <laughs> television stations who uh, reported, at least in the city of Chicago, that it was going to be pretty, pretty, uh, it's going to be cooler. And when you stepped outside, you found out it was like stepping in, stepping in a hot furnace or something or an oven. It was pretty, 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 pretty uh, nasty in terms of mugginess and uh, the sun bearing down on you as if it's uh, uh, cooking. I remember a friend of mine uh, a few months ago, was it a few months ago or a few weeks ago, uh, actually took an egg from his refrigerator and decided to see if it would actually cook. It didn't happen. You, you've heard that old slogan, uh, 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 you can probably cook an egg cook an egg on the sidewalk is it is so hot it didn't do anything it should have <laughs> it should have cooked it should have cooked uh, okay you're listening to the george wilder jr show trump slams newspapers aides are trying to find ways to remove him from office okay this is uh this is i'm, I'm looking at the piece here that trump is so pissed off about he is so pissed off Anytime anybody writes anything about Donald Trump, he gets pissed off about it. And he wants to uh, Bob Woodsworth's book, uh, slamming Donald Trump and getting uh, he doesn't like it. He doesn't saying nasty things about him. He don't like it. Now he wants to try and sue uh, or or he's talking about or saying that there should be liable laws. Uh, but Trump keeps forgetting he can't sue these folks. He can't stop them from public, publishing or uh, authoring their books and getting them out. There. He can't do anything. He wished he could. He wished he could hang Bob Woodworth and the rest of us when we say or write something about him that he doesn't like, but it's true. A lot of this stuff these uh, authors are writing about Trump, it's true. It's just negative, negative stuff about him that's true. And, it's, and in some cases, it's their own opinion that we can all surmise uh, from. Basically, a lot of these things that they're saying is true. And 
but it's negative. It's painting Trump in a negative light, even though it's true, and he doesn't like it. He's a mean, nasty, vile, unhinged idiot, as some people would say. Some, some folks are calling him a sixth grader. I call him a third grader. There's no way in hell this man should be allowed to be president of the United States. If we had a Congress that, had, that weren't cowards and, and ass kisses as much as the ones we got now, he'd be out of there. Okay, the White House slammed a newspaper column on Wednesday attributed to an anonymous administration official. That's what Trump doesn't like. He doesn't like that he doesn't know who wrote it, and he's pissed. Uh, that criticized President Trump and suggested aides have discussed, it, discussed ways to try to remove him from office. Okay, people around him are secretly discussing how to remove him from office. Hell, the American people are trying to remove him from, from office. We're all talking about ways of getting him out of the White House because that White House belongs to the taxpayers. It belongs to all of us. It was built by slaves. We're all talking about this. So, you know, Trump is just talks out of his ass. He, uh, wow, he just talks out of his ass. Trump and others blasted the New York Times after the newspaper ran what it said was a volume written by someone with the president's own within the president's own administration, calling into question his judgment and vowing to block some of his wishes. If this is happening, I'm clapping my hands. It's true. I mean, this. I mean, they're not going to print anything that's not true. This is not fake. It just says the fact that Trump doesn't like it because it paints him in a bad light saying he's unhinged, saying that he's unfit to be president, and all those around him are trying to stop him from destroying this country, which is what he aims to do. Trump wants to destroy America. He wants to take it down. He wants uh, uh, to put his foot on the backs of, of working people in this country. He wants to do that. I've said several times that the guy has a war on the American people. And he does. And, and I'm just so happy that some of some people are just fighting him, fighting this fool the fuck back, fighting back. And he doesn't like it. Trump has to remember he, uh, he's, he's, he's a temporary occupant of the white house. He's not a King. He's not an emperor, (laughs) but to some people, he is a King. But to the rest of us who has intelligence and we have a bunch of smarts and sense, he is not king of America, and he will never be because he's too stupid and dumb to be that. Now, see, if he heard my words on my show, he'd be criticizing me. But the fact is that I don't have the big platform or the, or the oversized microphone as some of these other people have where he can get to. Trump doesn't give a fuck about the little guy. He doesn't give a fuck about the little guy. He takes on the New York Times, the Washington Post. He takes on Bob Woodward. He takes on uh, Fire and Fire and Fury. He takes on Amarosa. He takes on all of these people. He doesn't have the wherewithal to to uh, 
to do a lot of things that he wants to do. Okay, let me get uh, the New York Times said revealing the author's identity. Okay. Okay, the the author who wrote this scathing piece on Donald Trump in the New York Times, we don't know who he is. The Times the Times say they know who he is, but they're not going to disclose his name. The Trump is saying that the article is gutless because <laughs> because uh they won't uh tell him who wrote the uh article uh, on him, this damning article on him. Of course, the, I think one of the reasons why the New York Times did not uh, disclose the writer of this damning article on Donald, Donald Trump is that because they know that Donald Trump is going to uh, attack this individual. Donald Trump knows that uh, they know that Donald Trump is going to start name-calling this individual. You know, So maybe that's one of the reasons why the New York Times did not want to disclose this um, this uh, writer of this piece. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening to the Don uh, George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for tuning in. Actually, we're gonna take a break right here, folks, and we will be right back. And uh, we're gonna have more on this. Stay with me. Right, uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel of the city of Chicago says he will not seek re-election. We talked about this yesterday on the show, and that is actually the day that the uh, news broke that he was not going to seek re-election. And uh, a lot of us are dancing in the streets because of that. Um, but it's 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 kind of weird though because just a just a three or four or five or six months ago, he was touting about. Re-election, his his re-election bid, 
but we all know why he's not running and and it's a valid uh point for not running he just can't seem to solve the city's crime rate he can't seem to stop chicago from being the number one uh crime uh statistic in america it's heartbreaking to see the city on, on the nightly news or world news to chicago and they're talking about um shootings I remember when Donald Trump was running and uh, he was criticizing Chicago and Chicago's crime. And he was saying that he could stop it in a couple of weeks or a week. <laughs> and uh, we were all saying, well, if you know how to stop the crime in the city of Chicago, then bring it on. He didn't know how to stop shit. He was just talking out of his ass again, like he has done for every day since his presidency. Now Trump's wants, he wants to Say protests should be illegal. He doesn't want you protesting against him. This guy talks out of his butt. That's all he does. Uh, sorry for my language, folks, folks, but that's how it is. Okay, uh, the other day he was saying he was giving an interview. He, he admitted to a felony. With, and this is one of the reasons why they don't want him sitting down with Robert Mueller, the special counsel into the Russia investigation um, Russia investigation meddling in the 2016 election. This is the reason why they don't want him sitting because Donald Trump will lie. And then once he lies and he gets caught lying and he could go to jail for committing perjury to an FBI agent, he's going to say he, it was a perjury trap, which it was not. But that's what Donald Trump would say, a perjury trap. How can there be a perjury trap when all you did was just blurt out a bunch of lies? He didn't ask you that. He didn't, he, he, you just blurted it out. This is one of the reasons. So Mueller may subpoena him. I don't know. But uh, then again, Mueller could indict Donald Trump. But the Justice Department has guidelines that a sitting president cannot be indicted. I don't know how much water that holds. But uh, they're saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted. But we don't know what Mueller's going to do. Mueller could indict him. He may not indict him. He could subpoena, subpoena Trump. He may not subpoena Trump. But I don't know if uh, Robert Mueller, the special counsel investigating Russia meddling uh, involving Donald Trump, uh, I don't know uh, if there is going to be any kind of a bombshell or breaking news on this uh, before the midterms elections, the midterm elections, because they're saying that if Mueller comes out with an indictment or a subpoena at this moment, that a lot of people are going to be yelling bad timing. So Mueller just wait, just may wait. He might wait. I don't know for sure. I'm just speculating, but he could wait until after the midterm uh, elections before he decide to indict Trump, subpoena Trump, or sit him down for an interview or something like that. Uh, anything before that, the Republicans, you know, complicit Republicans would probably say this is bad timing. But I'm all for Mueller coming out before the midterm elections. I'm all for that. You know, I think he should. And I think we should try to stop uh, this guy, Brent Kavanaugh, from being uh, 
uh, nominated to the Supreme Court. And as I'm as I speak as I'm speaking now, there they are. Uh, uh, there are hearings going on on Capitol Hill to try to, uh, and it, it's been contentious. Like I was saying yesterday on the show, this is the second day of those those hearings, and they all have been contentious. And um, a lot of people a kangaroo court it's a kangaroo court you know and uh, you know because the republicans will not let the democrats actually ask any questions or, or of this guy that they think is unfair but patrick Leahy, a, a senator is saying that uh, a lot of those papers that the republicans are are will not release or the president will not release uh Touting uh, presidential privilege, they're saying some of those papers say that uh, Brent Kavanaugh has committed, maybe committed perjury. We don't know that because it's a big maybe. Uh, but if Trump wants, but you know what? They don't care. They don't care if this guy's lying. Look at look, look at Donald Trump's cabinet. His cabinet are is full of people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> full of people who are there to destroy those programs, cut those programs. This all those folks uh, are 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 there for in his cabinet is to destroy whatever uh, agency that they're overlooking, overseeing. Uh, that's what they're there for. Ben Carson doesn't know a damn thing what he's doing. And he, he practically says, says it every time he gets an interview. Uh, we know Betty DeVos uh the head of the head of the educational department she doesn't know what she's doing she she doesn't uh, majority of the people in his cabinet they don't know what the job is all about they have to have probably have to have people tell them what the job is all about they probably need to be trained by someone who is not Within their own their pay grade, so they, these people don't know what they're doing. Just like Donald Trump don't doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he really does have the uneducated people in his corner. The the idiots, the fools, the the the, the slobs. They're all in Donald Trump's corner. Okay, go back to this op-ed that Trump doesn't like, and he he's blasting. I mean, <laughs> he talks out of his ass. He's a he's a joke. The the Times said that revealing the author's identity will put his or her job in jeopardy. Trump, that's what Trump wants. He wants these people fired. That's what he wants. He wants the head of the New York Times and the head of the Washington Post. He wants these folks fired. He wants to discontinue the papers. And he can't do that. He cannot do that. The Constitution says he can't do it. One of the things I've learned about Donald Trump is when the Constitution, when he can use the Constitution for whatever Things he want to do, he uses it, but he doesn't. But when the Constitution is trying to uh, um, uh, stand up for other people, he doesn't like it. 
He doesn't like the Constitution when other people use it against him. But he loves the Constitution when it uh, uh, bears out anything that he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, in the column, the official uh, presents a damning assessment of the Trump, Trump presidency. And the officials suggest there is a network of officials working behind the scenes to protect the United States from Donald Trump. I mean, what what is he pissed off about? I'm reading this article that he doesn't uh, like and he's going around, you know, blasting it. Uh, what is it does it doesn't he like about it? All it's doing is telling the truth. If Donald Trump doesn't like a lot of things that's, that are written about him, which are true, but it makes him look bad, he should start doing a better job at being president. The other day, I mean, at John McCain's funeral, at Aretha Franklin's funeral, you, you didn't see Donald Trump. You didn't hear a word from Donald Trump. Donald Trump is like I don't know. He's like no other president ever uh, in the United States. Donald Trump wants to be his type of president. He wants to be uh, the type of president he wants to be. He wants to be. He wants to be like Kim Jong Un. He wants to be like uh, Putin. He wants the American people to stand up and salute him when he walks down the street. He wants us to kiss kiss his ass. Or he's going to throw us in a concentration camp. Uh, this is what he wants. He wants to be treated like a king. He wants to be treated with like, yeah. And this is what the man wants. This is what he wants. But I, he's not going to get it because he doesn't have the sensibility for anything like that. He doesn't. I, I think if Donald Trump hates America so much. Why doesn't he resign and move to another country? Move to another country and see how fast they kick his ass out. The only thing that's keeping Donald Trump in office is a complicit Republican Congress. They're defending this guy. They're standing up for him. They don't give a shit what he has done. So it doesn't matter what Mueller's report might say or reveal after this uh, investigation is over. The Republicans are still not going to impeach Donald Trump. But as I've said earlier, there are six separate investigations out there. Trump, there are six. Cyrus Vance, you've got Underwood in New York. Uh, New York City, who is about to bring down Donald Trump and his three kids for uh, uh, their charity foundation uh, violations. These investigations are not going to go away. There are six, and either one of these six can bring down Donald Trump. So by him focusing on Mueller and Jeff Sessions, he should be focusing on all six, because any one of them, as I just got through saying, can end his presidency. And I do think that a lot of the things that Donald Trump is doing and saying now, he's saying out of desperation. He's saying it out of fear. He's saying it out of losing his job. He's saying it out of going to jail. 
And also, he knows he's going down. He knows he can't last. So he's going to do as much damage as he can to the United States as he goes down. I don't give a damn what a Trump supporter might say. I don't give a damn what they might think about me just saying that. Trump knows he's going down. And the people around him, some of his aides know he's going down. And they are trying to get him removed from office. Uh, If you read this article, they're trying to protect the nation from him. So what is, why is he so pissed off? If, if, if this op-ed is true, and I do think it's true, Trump should try to work to make things better for himself and better for the country instead of going around attacking people who say nasty things about him. Instead of going around uh, hating people who are saying nasty things about him. Someone saying nasty things about you, maybe you should change uh, your, your ways. You want to be a likable president, do something that people like. You want to be a, a rotten president? Do something that's going to hurt people instead of helping people. You're going to be criticized every time, but he doesn't seem to know that. I mean, because Sarah Huckabee Sanders, his favorite liar, um, she said Donald Trump is a fighter. If he's, if he's hit, he, he'll hit back. As if we're supposed to accept that. As if that's supposed to be okay. Bullshit. He's the president of the United States. He's supposed to act presidential, be presidential. Supposed to protect the people of the United States. Donald Trump has, is not protecting the people of the United States. He couldn't give a damn if we all dropped dead. He'd dance on our graves. And that's why a lot of people are asking that Donald, Donald Trump drop dead so we can dance on his grave. Yeah, this is this is really bad for Donald Trump. This is really bad, and it's, and it's nothing that he can do about it. He can criticize it. He can he can yell and scream and lambast and curse. But this article is here. It's out there. Obviously, the uh, Times knew that they were going to get some sort of negative feedback from Donald Trump as soon as this article was published, and they were right. They were they were expecting some of the things that. Uh, that Donald Trump has done, they were expecting some of those things that he, for him to do, which is to criticize the paper and uh, gutless. Remember, he called <laughs> he's, he's, Omarosa was that dog. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Sessions, uh, retarded. I mean, this guy has a, and even before then, this guy has a slew of names for people who are not doing his bidding, who is, you know, uh, not doing things to his liking, writing and saying nasty things about him, which are true. A lot of these people are not lying on Donald Trump. There's too many negative books out there about Donald Trump. I will have one coming out. I'm pretty sure they're not going to uh, have mine all over the news, but uh, because, you know, um, but hey, who knows? They could. They could. I mean, everybody who's anybody is probably writing a book. If you're a writer, whether you're a fiction writer or a nonfiction writer, there's, there, there might be a few pennies in, in this thing writing about Donald Trump, you know. But a lot of people aren't political, you know. I didn't think I was, but I always knew that I wanted to 
uh, talk politics, but I didn't know that I was going to be talking politics to this kind of depth, you know. And we got a president in, uh, uh, in office right now that is totally unhinged, totally backwards, and he doesn't care. He really doesn't care. Uh, this is America. I love America. Every American should love America, and we should want to try to protect it from people like Donald Trump who are trying to destroy it. And I've said several times, um, he doesn't like America. He wants to destroy America because he's going down. Six individual uh, investigations are going on right now this minute, Donald Trump. At any minute, any day now, if Mueller doesn't come up with something before the midterms, it may be New York. It may be Cyrus Vance and some of those other lawsuits that are out there. The Emonument Clause uh, to Trump Foundation. So, and uh, I think four or five other uh, lawsuits are out there. Stormy Daniels, um, McDougal. You know, so it's a it's a lot of the lawsuits out there, and basically a lot of the law a lot of the lawsuits and the suits against Trump, uh, especially back in 2017 and 2016, these people were paid off to shut up. Uh, the the courts were probably paid off, and that this is why that why Donald Trump never ended up in court because he you know paid people off. He settled out of court. But anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. And we're going to say again that Mary Rahm Emanuel is not seeking a third term as mayor in the city of Chicago. And that's great. I can see people dancing in the street right now.
evening. I'm Erin Burnett. Out front tonight, how stupid does Trump think we Americans are? The president's excuse for his embarrassing press conference where he sided with Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence chiefs does not add up. We are learning tonight that driven by fear of resignations in the intelligence community, the president decided that he would say he misspoke during one of the multiple times that he took Putin's side against America's in that press conference. And so, after meeting with top aides today, President Trump read from a prepared statement, offering up, frankly, what seems to be a dog-ate-my-homework excuse on how things went terribly wrong in Helsinki. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in, and I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself. No, it does not. It does not clarify anything. It doesn't even pass the smell test. So let me play for you again what the president said. 32 hours ago, what he's just referring to there. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I don't see any reason why it would be. Okay, so everybody makes mistakes. Trump's explanation that he meant wouldn't instead of would might stand a chance of being plausible except for a few reasons, one of which is this. That was just one of multiple times in that same press conference that he sided with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you, what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. Look, it is what it is. This is consistent what he's been, with what he's been saying over the past year. He said what he meant, and he said it again and again. The U.S. has been foolish. Putin was strong and powerful in his denials. It just makes it a bit absurd to say that the president just misspoke that one time on this whole would-wouldn't thing. Keep in mind, if he did misspeak, okay, this is the other issue, that one time, and, and none of the others where he expressed the same sentiment. He had 28 hours of condemnation from U.S. intelligence and his own party to correct the record. He failed to do so in any of those 28 hours. In fact, during that time, he conducted two interviews with Fox News. He tweeted nine times. His administration released talking points defending his performance at the summit. Not once did the president or his aides in 28 hours try to say that the president of the United States misspoke again, in one of the multiple times that he praised Putin and took his side. So the president's explanation does not add up, and neither does his assertion today that he accepts America's intelligence agency conclusion that Russia attacked the American 2016 election. Because today, even when he was reading a prepared script accepting the intelligence community's conclusions, the real Donald Trump reared his head. I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people out there. That is true. But on this particular issue, no. Look, the thing is, and we all know it at this point, is that is what Trump really thinks, okay? Because he has said it before.
Maybe there is no hacking. But they always blame Russia. And the reason they blame Russia is because they think they're trying to tarnish me with Russia. I'll go along with Russia. Could have been China. Could have been a lot of different groups. But also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? Maybe it was a 400-pound Russian. U.S. intelligence agencies do not blame other people. They don't talk about how many other people there are on this planet that possibly could have been uh, done this. No, this is very clear, right? It's Russia, not a 400-pound man, Putin, who is far from that. But the president of the United States is incapable of accepting this because at the very least we know this. He thinks it calls his election victory into question. Caitlin Collins is out front live at the White House tonight. And, Caitlin, you are learning a lot more about the scramble behind the scenes, the meeting at the White House uh, today uh, that the president attended to contain this damage. We are, Aaron. The president's big retreat came after his top national security advisors huddled today to try to figure out how to undo the damage that had been done in that press conference in Helsinki when the president embraced the Russian president over United States intelligence agencies. The Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the national security advisor John Bolton, and Vice President Mike Pence all huddled in the Situation Room today discussing what it was the president should say to try to clarify or try to fix what they could after there was severe backlash, not just uh, in Helsinki, but also back here in Washington in response to the president's remarks at that press conference after it became quite clear today, Aaron, that a tweet was not going to suffice to fix the damage that had been done here. We saw the president come out. He gave those very scripted remarks saying that it was simply a miscommunication. He said one word when he meant another. But Aaron, of course, if you watched that press conference, it doesn't nullify that the president did embrace Vladimir Putin several times and gave a lot of voice to his denials of election meddling. He did indeed, Caitlin. As you point out, when he came out today, it was scripted, except for when it wasn't, right? And it wasn't just what he said. We've pointed out some of the issues with that, but also what he left out, right? Yeah, quite a stunning contrast in the president's off-the-cuff remarks yesterday when he was asked questions by reporters, was not given any advice by advisors on how to answer those questions. And then today, when we saw him sitting there in the cabinet room reading off several sheets of paper, and the cameras, of course, zoomed in on these remarks of the president, and you could see in his classic Sharpie that he uses to mark up papers, right there you can see the president crossing out one line where it said something about bringing people involved in election meddling to justice and adding another line in all caps in a black sharpie that is the president's handwriting to say there was no collusion because of course the president didn't come out today and just say he did believe our intelligence agencies even though he contradicted them in the next breath he had to make clear he got his argument in there that there was no collusion collusion aaron all right thank you very much caitlin uh, pretty stunning i don't know something about seeing that in black and white on the paper after it was prepared what he added and what he took out says so much. Out front now, senior political analyst Mark Preston, April Ryan, White House correspondent for American Urban Radio Networks, and Steve Hall, who was the CIA chief of Russia operations and has spent a lot of time in Moscow. Um, thanks to all. So, Mark, uh, look, we now know the president is the one who went in the room and said, I've got this idea, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to say I misspoke. But I'm only going to say I misspoke once, not any of the other times where I expressed uh, pretty much the same sentiment. I mean, I I say this, and I'm not saying it tongue-in-cheek. How stupid does he think we are? 
Well, short answer is that he thinks we're very stupid. And uh, in many ways, you can't argue against that. He has gotten away with this ever since he came down that escalator when he announced his presidency. We have seen him time and time again say one thing uh, that is outrageous, that causes anger. Uh, then he turns around and acts like he never said it. Now, the problem that we're facing right now, Aaron, is that he enjoys an 80% approval rating amongst Republicans. Mm -hmm. So when we're attacking Republicans on Capitol Hill for not doing enough, uh, in many ways, they're flummoxed. They're running scared. They don't know how to deal with Donald Trump. In many ways, he has become a president on his own without any allies, that yeah. the only people that are supporting him right now are those who fear him. And, 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 and the question is here, April, is whether all of this will matter. I mean, you know, you heard Caitlin just go through, right, what he added. There was no collusion, but what he crossed out. And that's mm -hmm. what I want to ask you about, right? Mm -hmm. These are prepared remarks. He goes and he reads them. He was supposed to read uh, one that said uh, anyone involved in that meddling to justice, you know, brought to justice, mm -hmm. right? And he, he, he mm -hmm. took that out. Yeah. Uh, anyone Aaron, involved in collusion. Yeah. How telling is that? It's very telling. Words matter. And I mean, Aaron, think about this. When the president goes off script, he's rogue and he causes mass pandemonium. Look at what happened in Charlottesville. He went off script. It yeah. took him five or six times to, to, to correct it because the nation was in an uproar. Now the world is in an uproar for what he said. When a president speaks, speaks, it's strategic. You have people who go through and vet what the president says at least 20 or so times before it's, it's delivered. And that's in a prior White House. This time the president went off script when he was in Helsinki Monday. This president uh, supported Vladimir Putin. He, he basically uh, said, I trust you without verification. The words of a president are strategic, and the words of the president are important. They shape markets, they create peace, they create war, and they also help with our lives. So when this president goes back and changes it a day later, understanding Republicans and Democrats are upset and the world community is laughing, and this president says things like, you know, you're unpatriotic for this. People are saying what he did was unpatriotic. He cannot change what he's already done. History and is showing it. So, Steve, you know, even when he said, I accept the intelligence community's assessment, he had to add, ad lib, uh, the caveat. And let me just uh, play part of it again for you. I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place could be other people also. And he continued to say there's lots of other people. That is not the conclusion of the intelligence agencies. What's the reaction there? Uh, you know, it can't be anything but, uh, I mean, my, my former colleagues in the intelligence community, not just CIA, but NSA and all these other places that, that also do very important and very difficult work against the Russian target. It's some of the most difficult stuff that we do. And to hear the president, you know, in almost a hostage, you know, letter reading type of situation, say, okay, okay, yes, they were right. But then again, there might have been others as well. It's, it's not something that, that increases morale. It's not something that you go home in the evening as an intelligence officer and say, I'm doing really hard stuff, but it's worth it. It's really, it's, it's got to be bad for morale. It's really interesting how you but, put it. Though. But like Aaron, Aaron reading, hold, hold on one second, April. I'm just yeah, saying to, yeah. to Steve, like a hostage reading situation. Yeah. He seemed extremely uncomfortable reading that. Yeah, and, and I think it's also against the backdrop of, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people, certainly at least at CIA, who remember him, uh, you know, referring to the agency as, you know, Nazi-like, 
Uh, and, and all of this thing, people don't forget these things, especially the ones who are doing the hardest work, uh, which is against these hard targets like the Russians. And it's just, it's just really debilitating, I think. April? Aaron, from day one, this president has had a hard time dealing with the intelligence community. I mean, look at what just happened with uh, General McMaster. He let him go um, because he did not agree with him. And this man is, is, has known the world, traveled the world. He's been in military. He knows intelligence. Then not only that, just, just think about from the moment this president came in. He did not like receiving a book of intelligence every day. He needed bullet points. He didn't want to go through it every day. He didn't want to do what other presidents did. He did not want to accept the intelligence intelligence from the intelligence community to give to him so he could understand the lay of the land of the world. And if he would have read it like a book, he may have been able to change what he did Monday. I mean, Mark, this is the kind of thing that he would ordinarily call fake news, right? Oh, you guys are so fake. You're acting like I, I took a line out and you're acting like I added a line. Well, except for now there's camera proof, right? Because he left his notes in front of him and, they, and, and now we can zoom in and you can see, right? There it is. There was no collusion. Um, he, may, he, he added that in. Uh, and then made the point again and again. Here he is. There was no collusion at all. And people have seen that and they've seen that strongly. The House has already come out very strongly on that. A lot of people have come out strongly on that. Furthermore, as has been stated and we've stated it previously and on many occasions, uh, no collusion. Is that what this is all about, Mark? I mean, is it really about just that one thing? He feels delegitimized by it, and so he just, that's the only point that he cares about? Yes, 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 yes. And, and can we just stop for a second and, and just, and just kind of laugh at President Trump for the fact that he had to write no collusion down on a piece of paper? Because that he has been saying that over and over again. Well, we know he's not going to forget the point. Right. How could he forget it? Why did he need to write it? But, but, but really on a serious note, right, and I'm just sitting there and, and I'm looking at Steve sitting at that desk who has devoted all his life you know, uh, to try to protect the United States from Russia. And now he's seeing a president absolutely unravel it. And for Republicans out there that might be watching, let's forget about the politics of all this. Let's forget about the policies that he might be pushing. Let's just look at the conduct in office. And if you've got to go and talk about Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush helping to bring down communism to, 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 to disable the Soviet Union, then you certainly can't be supportive of a president. Steve, quickly before we go, we know that part of the reason he did this today was he was afraid of resignations, right? Dan Coates obviously coming out with his own statement without the White House signing off on it, uh, going against the president yesterday. How real is that fear of resignations? I think it must be, must be significant. I mean, a guy like Dan Coates has got to find himself in a difficult position because, on the one hand, you want to stay.
Let's start now. Good evening, Rachel. How was your day? I, I don't know what happened. I still am just kind of putting my, my jaw back onto my, my I face. felt like at a certain point today, I was like honestly inclined towards physically getting under my desk <laughs> and going like this and waiting until stuff the, stopped happening the, so I could crawl out and survey the The wreckage. moment for me was the Duncan Hunter indictment. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. Is this is someone playing a joke? The second guy, the second member of Congress that endorsed him got invited today too? Honestly, at my third staff meeting of the day today, we usually only have one, but we had to keep reconvening today, somebody said, ah, Congressman. Well, at this hour last night, as, as we were just saying, we learned... The dramatic story told in a breaking news report in the New York Times about how Donald Trump was presented with specific evidence of the Russian attack on our election two weeks before he was inaugurated. The New York Times reported that on January 6, 2017, President-elect Trump in Trump Tower was shown texts and emails from Russians who engaged in the attack on our election and other highly classified source material showing that President Putin directed and ordered the direct, directly ordered this attack. And now this morning, in an interview on CNN, we learned more from James Clapper, who was then the director of national intelligence and was in the room with the president-elect when that evidence was presented. I think the best uh, insight into the uh, level of detail and the fidelity of the information we had, which gave us such high confidence, can be found in a careful read of the most recent indictment of the 12 GRU officers by uh, Special Counsel Mueller. Uh, that to me is, uh, I think, great insight into the, the detail that we had, which we exposed uh, the President and his team to on the 6th of January of 2017. Uh, in addition, we left a very highly classified uh, written document, uh, which laid out in more detail uh, 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 the evidence that we had. And uh, so the fact that uh, President Putin was directly involved, that directly ordered this, uh, no big decisions are made in Russia anyway without, without Putin, and all that was, uh, was laid out. And so Donald Trump has known from the start of his presidency that Vladimir Putin ordered the attack on our election. And from James Clapper this morning, we learned that Robert Mueller has known from the beginning of his investigation about at least some of those Russian military officers who Robert Mueller indicted last week. And that means that Robert Mueller probably could have brought that indictment against those Russians months ago. And so the timing of that indictment on the Friday before the Monday that the president was scheduled to meet with Vladimir Putin now seems all the more calculated and deliberate and shows that in addition to the investigative skills that Robert Mueller and his team have, the Mueller team is also in, possess in possession of masterful tactical strategic skills. The strategic timing of that indictment meant that the indictment was the lens through which the news media and the world watched the catastrophe that was the Trump-Putin summit. Donald Trump has a pattern. After he makes a disastrous mistake, which leads to worldwide public humiliation, Donald Trump and Donald Trump alone believes that he can prove that it wasn't a mistake by publicly announcing he's going to make exactly the same mistake again. And so President Trump did that again today. And he did it when the cable news world was riveted to an interview 
that the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, was giving to Andrea Mitchell here on MSNBC. The interview was deemed so important by other cable news networks that they actually simulcast part of this MSNBC interview at the Aspen Security Forum. It was an extraordinary television event because, of course, Donald Trump has just this week equated Dan Coats and Vladimir Putin. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. And so, as expected, Andrea's interview with Dan Coates today began very badly for the President of the United States. Moments after the President appeared to be siding with Vladimir Putin over you, you personally, by name. You stood up and spoke out. I'm wondering, why did you do that? I'm not surprised we're starting with Russia. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just doing my job. I'm wondering, when you watched that in Helsinki, what was your gut reaction watching him Validate Vladimir Putin's assessment over yours. Well, my thoughts there were that I uh, believed I needed to correct uh, the record uh, for that, uh, and uh, that uh, this is the job I signed up for, uh, and that was my responsibility. Uh, obviously, I wished he had made a different statement, uh, but I think that now that has uh, been uh, clarified. Um, uh, based on his uh, uh, late reactions uh, uh, to this. And so um, um, I, don't, I don't think I want to go any further than that. And Donald Trump certainly didn't want him to go any further on that. And so with the news world riveted to Andrea Mitchell's interview with Dan Coats, Donald Trump decided to shake things up by having his press secretary tweet an announcement that in Donald Trump's mind and in his mind alone proves that his one-on-one -on -one summit with Vladimir Putin was not a colossal, disastrous mistake. Watch Dan Coats' reaction when he learned from Andrea that the White House press secretary just tweeted that Donald Trump has invited Vladimir Putin to the White House. We have some breaking news. The White House has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall. Say that again. <laughs> you, Vladimir Putin coming. Did I hear to, you? Did I hear you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be special. Dan Coates had already told Andrea that he has no idea what Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin discussed on Monday. And so obviously Dan Coats has no idea why President Trump is rewarding Vladimir Putin with an invitation to the White House. When Andrea opened up the questioning to others in the room, Carol Lee of NBC News said this. The White House announcement that Andrea referenced earlier said Putin was invited to Washington this fall. Were you aware of that? Just want to clarify. Cause you I think on my, be... based on my reaction, I wasn't aware of that. Well, would you recommend that there not be a one-on-one -on -one without note-takers? If I were asked that question, uh, I would uh, yeah, look for a, a different way of doing it. Congressman Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell tried to find out what Dan Coats and no one else in the Trump administration seems to know, which is what President Trump and Vladimir Putin talked about when they were alone. 
Carson Swalwell will join us in a moment to describe their attempt to get the House Intelligence Committee to subpoena the notes of the State Department interpreter who was in the room with Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. The Senate showed how quickly it can actually do something today when the Senate really wants to. It took the Senate's Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer, exactly three minutes and eight seconds to convince the Senate to vote on a resolution, quote, expressing the sense of Congress against the making available of current and former diplomats, officials, and members of the armed forces of the United States for questioning by the government of Vladimir Putin. The Senate vote was 98 to 0 in favor of that resolution after Donald Trump on Monday publicly said that it was a good idea to hand over, among others, Obama administration ambassador to Moscow, Michael McFaul, who Vladimir Putin specifically mentioned on Monday as he stood beside Donald Trump. Vladimir Putin accused Ambassador McFaul of being a criminal and said he would trade the extradition of the 12 Russian military officers who have been indicted by Robert Mueller for Ambassador McFaul and other Americans, to which the President of the United States said this. What he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Okay? When asked about that yesterday, the White House press secretary said that the Trump administration was still considering Vladimir Putin's offer, still considering whether to hand over Ambassador McFaul and other Americans to Vladimir Putin. A State Department spokesperson yesterday immediately said that that was ridiculous and that the State Department would never participate in such a deal. And then the United States Senate voted unanimously today to condemn the idea. And so the most incompetent bumbling White House staff in history and the most incoherent and weakest president in history once again completely backed down on what Donald Trump called an incredible offer from Vladimir Putin. Joining us now, Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell from California, who's a member of the House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees, and Nicholas Burns, former ambassador to NATO and former Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs for President George W. Bush. And Ambassador Burns, I just want to go to you first on what Donald Trump called an incredible offer, this uh, cooperating with Vladimir Putin and how Vladimir Putin wants to investigate, among others, Ambassador McFaul, uh, possibly have him arrested, extradited to Moscow for trial. It was such an outrageous offer from Vladimir Putin. You have to wonder, Lawrence, why didn't Donald Trump just turn it down on the spot? I think all of us who are watching that extraordinary press conference from Helsinki thought this sounds like the worst deal that the United States could ever agree to. It took President Trump four days. Can you imagine the United States turning over David Kramer, Michael McFaul, outstanding public servants to Russian intelligence agents? You can't imagine it, because we've never had a president so cynical and so ignorant of what's right and what's wrong. And, and you see this huge chasm between the president and everybody else in the government. You can't believe that Jim Mattis or Mike Pompeo or even John Bolton thought this was a good idea, but the president apparently did until today when his hand was forced by that 98 to zero vote. Ambassador, with your experience in the White House, tell us what would you would expect to happen in a White House. It's inconceivable that a president could say something like that other than Donald Trump. But let's just let's assume some other president said something that you really want to take back, uh, that that he, that 
an offer made by Vladimir Putin or some other head of state uh, sounded like a really good deal. The president says that in public. Everyone in the administration knows it's not a good deal. Here's what's wrong with it. Uh, describe for us what would be the scene on Air Force One, the scene back at the White House, uh, working on the problem that has just been created. And would it take any other White House uh, more than half the week to come out with a statement saying, no, we're not going to do that? Well, first, you can't imagine any American president in our lifetime who would think about taking that offer for a second. But hypothetically, you have to speak truth to power. And in a normal White House with a normal, rational president who put the country's interests first rather than his interests first, you'd have a conversation where you'd say, you cannot accept this. And we have to strike this down and announce that we're striking it down immediately. And you'd send the White House spokesperson out or the national security advisor out to say something like, you know, the president must have misunderstood this proposal or it wasn't communicated properly, but we're not going to do it. To take four days and let honorable people like Mike McFaul and others have to wonder if their government was going to stand up for them. Think about the message to our NATO allies. I mean, here we've had this extraordinary week where Trump is treating Putin significantly better with more respect than Angela Merkel or Theresa May, where he calls the EU a foe of the United States, but treats Putin to a second meeting this autumn. He, he has an upside down foreign policy and it has no basis of morality or common sense or strategy that could possibly help the United States to succeed in the world. Carson Swalwell, uh, tell us about your effort to subpoena uh, the interpreter's notes. Well, good evening, Lawrence and Ambassador. Uh, you know, Lawrence, we had an open hearing in the Intelligence Committee today. Very rare that we do that. It just happened to be by accident the same week where... So far, the only person who's given a full account of what the president said yesterday is the one Democrat who was president, who was president Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, a leading advocate for Dreamers and other immigrant groups. In a series of press appearances this morning, Durbin recounted exactly what happened inside the Oval Office. The president came into the Oval Office and Senator Lindsey Graham and I made our presentation. As Senator Graham made his presentation, the president interrupted him several times with questions and in the course of his comments uh, said things which were hate-filled, vile, and racist. We have a group that have temporary protected status in the United States because they were the victims of crises and disasters and political upheaval. The largest group is El Salvador, and the second is Honduran, and the third is Haitian. And when I mentioned that fact to him, he said, Haitians, do we need more Haitians? And then he went on when we started to describe the immigration from Africa that was being protected in this uh, bipartisan measure. That's when he used these vile and vulgar comments, calling the nations they come from shitholes. The exact word used by the president, not more, not just once, but repeatedly. My colleague. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer.
Donald Trump shocked even his harshest critics with his submission to Vladimir Putin this week, likely including my next guest. And joining me now for your moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. And Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So were you, I think much of the country was surprised to actually see Donald Trump in action with Vladimir Putin and how submissive he was in public. What did you make of what, what happened in Helsinki? Well, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I have for months uh, been trying to tell the American public and everybody else that this president is dangerous, uh, that he's in bed with Putin. Uh, someone said he wants to be like him, whatever. He will never, never condemn him uh, because of the relationship that they have. This didn't just start. This started a long time uh, before he was ever elected. Don't forget. This president cannot borrow money in the United States from any bank. This president is looking at Russia for his new money financial playground. He and all of his allies that I have told you are the Kremlin clan, uh, have been involved with Russia. When you name them and you think about them, why is it Manafort, Flynn, Wilbur Ross, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, all of his allies have connections with Russia, the Kremlin, and the oligarchs. This has been going on because this is their new money playground uh, that they want to develop. And the centerpiece of this is lifting the sanctions. I would wish people would focus on the sanctions. I think that's the agreement uh, that Putin had with this president in order to help him get elected. This president, I believe, has promised him that once he was elected, he would get those sanctions lifted. And you're going to watch. He's going to continue to try because Putin is saying to him, when is it going to happen? So he has a private meeting with him. We know what they talked about. I think I know what they talked about. They talked about lifting the sanctions. They talked about the upcoming elections. Uh, they talked about uh, all of the things that they could not talk about uh, in an email or on the phone. He had to go and meet with him in private so that he could talk about what he's going to do to follow through with I, what I believe is his commitment to get those sanctions lifted. Don't forget, when Tillerson was there, Tillerson was there to help get the sanctions lifted. He just couldn't put up with this president. He found this president to be so outrageous uh, that he ended up leaving, but he came to be a part of helping to get these sanctions lifted. It's worth trillions of dollars. Everybody will make some money if he can get this done. Right now, Putin's hands are tied. He cannot get the equipment or the supplies that he needs to do the work because our allies are cooperating with us. So I'm not surprised about what happened in Helsinki. I'm not surprised about the private meeting. I'm not surprised about this president standing up for Putin. As a matter of fact, I think he is Putin's apprentice. He's wow. been under his toolage for a long time now, and he intends to get it done. And the American people are sitting idly by. And the Republican Party should be ashamed uh, that they're allowing this to happen. Uh, they have no guts. They have no courage. They're not standing up for America. I dare them to talk about how patriotic they are, uh, given of what they're allowing this president to do. Now they're all going to send out press releases saying, oh, we don't want you to invite Putin. Well, he's going to invite him unless 
the Congress of the United States and the Republicans really take some serious action. How many of the Republicans are saying, I won't come to the White House, I'm going to be outside demonstrating? How many of them saying, don't invite me to any dinner, you better not have a state dinner? How many are saying that they're just saying you shouldn't and we don't want you to do it? But I want to tell you, if they don't take strong action to keep him from bringing him here, he's going to bring him here, and that will be another another straw in his hat that he can point to and say, see, Mr. Putin, I'm moving this forward, what we talked about, what we're going to do. I'm going to get this done. And forget about what he did uh, with North Korea. Yeah. Uh, that's just a an effort to say that I'm doing this with both countries, and that's just an effort to say that, see, I'm trying to create peace and relationships in different ways, but the fact of the matter is his focus is on Russia and lifting those sanctions, and you're going to see him continue to try it because he has an agreement that he cannot get out of. When people want to know what does Putin have on the president of the United States, is this agreement where the president promised he was going to get the sanctions lifted and Putin is going to hold him to it. Let me, you know, you mentioned Carter Page, uh, Congresswoman, and here is the, uh, the FISA warrant, which was released in unprecedented fashion by the... <laughs> All righty. Uh, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. That was Maxine Waters. Uh, uh, okay, um, top senior White House staff member published... Okay, we talked about this earlier on into the show. Uh, op-ed in New York Times stating that Trump is immoral and a whack job. Talks of enforcing the 25th Amendment to remove Trump have happened. Wow, that is dramatic. And this happened today, folks. Uh, and Trump is pissed. He is virally pissed. And I'm pretty sure that... Uh, the New York Times, the New York Times, before they published this op-ed by this anonymous writer, they knew that they were going to be, get a lot of pushback from this White House. They knew it. They were ready for it. They expected it. <laughs> they were right. They were right. But you know what? This op-ed, which just an, which is just an opinion piece. That's all it is. It's some a guy writing his opinion. Basically, it's a Trump critic. And Trump hates critics. I mean, he can't stand critics, even if they're criticizing him for something that is warranted. He doesn't like it. If it makes him look bad, Trump has to realize he's just an occupant temporarily of the White House. He is not a king. He's not president for life. He, uh, I think the guy should resign. I really do. This shit just keep piling up and piling up on top of his head, and he finds a way to survive it. But he can't, he can't survive this thing forever. It's too much shit coming down on him, raining down on him. And it's been raining down on him for almost since he taken office. So much shit has been coming down on Trump since he's been taken office. As I said at the beginning of the show, there are six independent investigations into Trump. And all of them fail. Either one of these uh, can bring him down. 
If one of them don't bring, if one doesn't bring him down, the other one just might bring him down. Six. He's got to he's got to dodge his way out from under all six of these investigations, and we don't think that's going to happen. And the only way he's he's still in office now is because the Republicans are protecting him. His idiot supporters are protecting him. The supporters that refuse to see the light, the reporters that refuse to understand what is going on with this president, and the reporters who are who are um, complicit in in his in his criminal activity. So this guy, this anonymous writer in the New York Times, says that Donald Trump is a, a moral is a moral and a whack job. We all knew that. That's practically no news because we knew that Donald Trump was unhinged. We knew he was uh, thin-skinned. We knew that he was, he's a bully. He's a taunter. He, he picks fights with uh, some of the American companies around, around the United States. We know that. We know that he's been implicated in two or more federal crimes. We know that that he acts as if he's some sort of mob boss inside of the White House, screaming and yelling and firing people, not knowing what he's doing, out of sync with reality. This is what this, this thing is saying, out of sync with reality. And we know it. I mean, every time you see a photograph of Donald Trump in his natural state, he looks sick. He looks older than 72 years old. He looks more like 82 and really doesn't know what he's doing. Um, uh, and, and that's a fact. And that's a fact. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I hope you guys and girls can join me tomorrow. It's, it was fun. It's always fun. I love doing the show. And I know some people are, uh, I, I think we all should be concerned about what's going on in that country. And I am. I'm always concerned that. That's why this show is out to make the world a better place. Make sure people get out there and vote, vote, vote. Keep voting so you can't vote anymore. Uh, uh, I'm not indicating vote more than once, but what I'm saying is make sure we vote in droves. Vote in the thousands. We just can't vote in the hundreds. we got to send Washington and the Republicans and Donald Trump, we have to send them a message, a clear message. We don't want to win the House or the Senate or both chambers. We don't want to win them with just a few votes or a, a, a couple of votes. We want to send a clear message to Congress, uh, to the President of the United States. We want to send a clear message to the Republicans around America in these governorships that we are not going to tolerate your bullshit. We will vote you out we're not going to tolerate lies and and bullshit and 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 bullshitting the public and garbage we're not going to uh, support any support so support any of that so what we have to do is send a message vote blue uh if, if there's somebody out there that you know that's not registered to vote get some registered get everybody get them all to the polls i'm pretty sure there's a lot of democrats out here a lot of leaders out here that are gearing up and getting people ready for the polls. But understand one thing, folks. Um, the Republicans are trying to suppress the vote. They, are, they know that they're doomed, okay? And they're trying to stop you from voting. They don't want you to vote because they know, that they know if you don't, do not vote, if you do not vote, the Republicans know that they've won. That's 
going to put them in office. So you have to get out there and vote. That's the reason why we get that's the reason why we have so many Republicans in office around the United States because people of color did not vote, Hispanics did not vote, people did not vote. And then you had a few people who voted the wrong fucking way. Okay? Now a lot of those people who voted the wrong way, they they are regretting it. Just because, just because you see at a Donald Trump rally all of these thousands of people, that doesn't equate to anything when it comes to millions and millions and millions and millions of people voting. So don't be afraid when you see all of these crazy people at Donald Trump's uh, rallies where he kicks up the violence and he kicks up the hate among them. Uh, he go. He tells them to go out and commit violence on voters who are going to the polls. That's just nutty. Now that's an impeachment offense right there. That's an impeachment offense. Lying to America is an impeachment offense. Being implicated in two or three federal crimes, that's enough for impeachment. But the Republicans will not investigate any of that. Because they know if they investigate it, it's going to be true. They're going to find out that this shit's true, and they're not going to—they're—they're not going to want to uh, 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 impeach Trump. Trump knows, or he should know, that the only reason why he's still in office is because the Republicans in Congress will not do their jobs. But they will not do their jobs uh, in terms of protecting America against this fool in office. So we have to rely on people around Donald Trump in the White House to keep him from destroying America because he is unhinged and a whack job, according to this uh, New, York, New York Times piece. And Trump is going around trying to discredit it, calling people's names. And he, he should resign. I'm looking at a photograph of him right here where he looks like a three-year-old. Uh, the guy should get out. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't care about what he's doing. He just talks out of his ass. When, when he says things like um, protests should be legal, he's talking out of his ass. When he says things like, you know, uh, fucking with Facebook users or uh, going after his critics, he's talking out of his ass, you know. Uh, and that's basically what he does. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're just about off the air, folks. If I can, I want to thank everybody for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. There should be a lot more on some of the things we were talking about today, but we're going to try to do something different. We're going to try and book some guests for either in the following two weeks or the weeks after or next month or whatever. And uh, that should be fun. That should be fun. Always tune in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Don't forget to tell your friends, your neighbors, your whatever about the George Wilder Jr. show. If you, uh, I mean, if you love your country, you want to try to uh, take back your country, this is the show to listen to because we're going to have a lot of things on there to motivate you, uh, to give you the drive and ambition to go out there and, and, and speak up and take up for your country because we don't have anybody in Congress to do that. The Democrats don't have any power. So, you know, the Republicans have all the power and the Republicans are, are uh, dismissing the Democrats as a body or as a party of, of 
Congress. And uh, we just have to try and uh, take back our country. And this is what this show, this show is all about. It's always been, been about making the world a better place because we needed to be a better place. And Donald Trump saying, make, make America great again. America always have been great. It always has been great. It's just that since he's been in office, it's been less great. And that's no lie. He's lowered our standings in the world. He, he embarrassed us when he goes uh, um, abroad to other countries. They laugh at us. They think we're a joke. Donald Trump is a joke. He is a joke. We need to get him out of the White House. We need to rebuild and reset our country. And I think this, Donald Trump is a fake president. He helped to rig the election to get him in office. He helped. You know, I mean, that's out there. He helped. So therefore, he's a fake president. He's an illegitimate president. Why is he allowed appointments? Why, Why is he allowed to do executive orders? Everything that he's done, and it's proven that he is a fake president, everything that he's done should be annulled. His presidency should be annulled. It should go in the garbage, you know. Uh, it should be going. It should be deleted. His presidency should be deleted, and there's so much proof to that, folks, that his presidency should be deleted. But I don't know if. But I don't think the Republicans are going to do that. Uh, I don't think uh, Democrats have the balls to do that. Um, but I knew do know that that is what is the, deserves to be done. I do know that. I do know that. So anyway, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We'll be on tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have – it's going to be more fun. I always have fun. If, if it doesn't seem like I'm having fun when I'm talking about this stuff, folks, I am having a great time. My mouth is moving. <laughs> All right. Okay, we should have some uh, – plenty of guests lined up for the next two weeks, so we're going to try and do that. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great evening. Have a great night. Have a great morning. Have a great day. Wherever you find yourself listening to the show, because there's plenty of podcasts here to listen to, and each show sounds like it's it's a live one. So uh, listen to those podcasts. You know, tell your friends and neighbors about them. Uh, leave a leave a comment or whatever if you can. It's not uh, mandatory. Uh, vote blue. Vote blue. Uh, we got to take back. Our country. We have to take back our country. So vote blue, vote, and uh, make sure you get everybody to the polls and be ready for it. Be up, be charged, be get pissed, and go out here and uh, do your thing and let's take back our country. Bye bye, everybody. Take care. See you tomorrow. Bye.
Now lay me down before I go to sleep. In a troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep. Keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 